Hey, welcome to another episode of Marketing Against the Grain, your show that takes you behind the scenes to learn how businesses and people have transformed their careers, their companies in unexpected and counterintuitive ways. I am your host, Kit Bodner. I am joined as always by my co-host, Kieran Flanagan. And Kieran, we are coming in hot today. We are talking about one company completely ditching traditional performance, direct response marketing in favor of only doing brand marketing. Or so they say. They dump their entire performance marketing, or that's what people would have you believe, and put it all (laughs) into brand marketing. And we kind of get into the realities of that and whether it's a good idea for people or not. Yeah, join us on today's show to hear all about the frameworks and thought process you should use to think about investing in your brand as well as your direct response, kind of revenue-based marketing to grow your business today on Marketing Against the Grain. Before we get to today's show, let me tell you about HubSpot. Finding a service solution that helps you keep your customers happy can feel impossible. Like try and remember the name of that guy you literally just met at the networking event. HubSpot's all-new service hub can help. It brings together service and success together on one platform with AI-powered help desk and chatbots to handle your frontline support tickets so you can scale support and drive retention and revenue. Visit HubSpot.com service to learn more. So Kieran, tell everybody kind of the foundation of this topic today, because it's a pretty wild discussion. Right. So give us the background. Yeah, there's a lot of talk of this online. It's been a couple of times Airbnb said they have transitioned away from search marketing all the way towards brand. Not like the first time they did this was actually around the COVID pandemic, obviously, because it makes total sense. They shifted, actually completely reduced all of their marketing spend down to zero, I think, for some amount of time. And then started to shift away from search marketing towards brand. It gets a lot of pickup in the marketing industry because it creates a lot of emotive reactions. <laughs> I know because one of the posts, I did a post <laughs> around the LinkedIn and I stole to this day the most views of any post I've ever put up there. And there was half of the comments like, you're an idiot. Search marketing is the most important thing in the world. <laughs> By the way, I did not make this decision. I don't work at Airbnb. Yeah, I'm telling totally. the story. And then other people are like, yeah, storytelling is the most important part of a brand today. And I think it would be really interesting to kind of dig in a little bit of the details. Like, is this true or not? Airbnb really doing this? But more so for like listeners and for us, how do we think about the split between the measurable and the unmeasurable, the direct response and the brand? Like, how do we help people think about those two things? And so maybe I'll just start, kick off with a couple of numbers. Please. So they have not stopped search marketing, right? In some of the numbers that came out most recently, I think in the Q3 earnings, the company spent 771 million on brand and performance marketing. So like not a small marketing budget. That's a lot of money. Of that 202 million or 26% was specific to brand marketing campaigns. When I look at similar web, there's still some amount of paid marketing activity going on. The way that their CFO described it, they think of search marketing as like focusing a laser on a very small subset of people they want to attract demand from. And brand is this way to really help people and primarily hosts, actually. That's one of the interesting things. They really mm-hmm. want to get more hosts to actually let out their houses. So they spend a lot of brand marketing there where search marketing would not be good for that. One of the places we should really start is how should people think, marketing leaders out there, between splitting their budget between the measurable and unmeasurable? And do we think this is a choice that most companies can make? And most companies say, look, we are actually going to start to move away from search marketing towards brand, and that's going to work out much better in the long term for us. Well, 
Okay, so the first thing to understand here is that Airbnb has a marketplace model where they have hosts that provide homes. They try to match those with people who want to stay in those homes, right? And so they have to drive demand on both sides of the marketplace. And what's interesting about this is that the people who are looking for homes are used to, they're conditioned to search for rental homes in a given town or area that they're going to, right? Like they can do that. And through search ads or organic search results, Airbnb can come up and and attract those folks. What's different is on the host side of things, right? On the host side of things, the situation is very different because people have this property and maybe it's a home they're living in. Maybe it's a rental property that they're used to renting to somebody for a full year at a time versus a couple nights at a time, right? And so There's not this existing kind of understanding and demand in the market to go figure this out. And so Airbnb had to create that. And this is what is very important. Mm. If you have to create demand, drive understanding for your category, for your product, you have to invest more heavily in brand marketing. If there's a lot of understanding about your category already, there's an existing pool of people who know and want what you're doing, then you need to capture that demand. And direct response advertising and marketing is really, really great at capturing that demand, right? And so before you decide like how you allocate your budget, you have to decide, am I in a capture demand situation or am I in a create demand for my product or service situation? And that is the thing. And the reason that Airbnb is kind of doing both is because they have to, because of this marketplace. The reason that they can come out and say, hey, we don't do much performance marketing, it's all brand marketing, is because their biggest problem is the hosts, not the folks who are trying to go and rent the house, the guests, you know? And that, I think, is the way I would try to frame it up for everybody. Yeah, I think that's a great framing. You can actually bucket all your marketing and all your, the way that you grow your business into that, capture the demand or create the demand. And inside there, there's some things that you do that can do both, but- the direct response is really like capture market, brand is really create market. And one of the things I wonder is where Airbnb using paid marketing for create market, because even in their own description of why they moved away, they were like, oh, we originally slashed the entire search marketing budget in 2019. And we realized it had little to no impact. That doesn't sound right to me because if you were using paid in the right way, it's basically a very formulaic, I put a dollar in, I get $4 back, right? And so as long as I'm putting my dollar in and getting $4 back, why would I not be doing that? If I suddenly just switch off my paid market, I'm like, oh, there's no impact. Then I mustn't have my slot machine going. I don't have my dollar in $4 back going because I would realize that that would actually impact revenue. So I do wonder if they kind of started to use paid marketing as a way to like create demand for their supply side or their demand side. Here, you're bringing up a really important point though. Before you go on, I want to hit is that one of the hardest jobs in growing a business, right? And we, we can use advertising for this example, is knowing, oh, does this thing not work for me? We'll say in this case, paid ads, or do I just suck at it? Yeah, you know, yeah, like yeah. if I just really, really terrible at it and that's right. why it's not working. It's kind of what you're advocating is like, well, if they were actually good at performance marketing, they wouldn't have just completely cut it off. If you completely cut something off, it's likely because either it really doesn't work for you or it's really not good. And so the question everybody watching is like, how do you know? Well, first of all, you can use tools like Similar Web to understand what other companies in your category, how they are getting traffic. And you might have a baseline for saying, oh, you know, all of the companies in my category are spending money on search engine ads. So it must be at least a somewhat effective tool for the category. Now I need to see if it can work for my business, for example. Yeah. But if you don't have a baseline data or understanding if that channel could be effective for your business, then you just run the risk of 
being really bad at it and not ever actually getting any value from it and actually giving up even when it could be something that really was important to the long-term growth of the business. Yeah, I think every leader can look at something and go, is this failing because of resources? Like I haven't resourced this thing, which actually happens a lot. Like All the time. you want to do this thing, but you really misunderstand the amount of resources you have to do to make that successful. So is this a resource problem? Is this an alignment problem? So I actually do not have the right alignment across teams to make this thing successful. Is this a execution problem? Like I have all of the things I need to be successful. I just actually don't have the right person who can do this thing. Or is this external factor problem? Like there's things happening, whether that is, hey, the CPMs have spiked. So my paid programs yes. are really well executed, all of that. But now actually there are two expenses. Hey, I'm doing all of the right things for SEO, but Google has changed the playing field and now I'm not being successful. And I think knowing if it's like resources, alignment, execution, or there's external factors helps you to figure out where you want to spend your time to fix that thing. And I do think it sounds like with the way they're using paid today, I suspect is like to try to get the balance in the marketplace correct. Because when they bring on new hosts, they probably want those new hosts to have a great experience. I bet you there's some sort of activation metric where if the host gets their house booked mm -hmm. within a certain period of time, that host is much more active and will do it many more times. And so I suspect they use paid as a way to get those hosts their first customers. Makes sense. Like laser target on the first customers to get those hosts more traction, get better activated. But coming all the way back, so I'm a marketing leader and I'm like, I'm reading this. And I would have two questions, which I think we can maybe riff on. I would be like, okay, is this something I should do? Like I spent a bunch of money on paid marketing. Is this something I should do? Mm -hmm. And if not, what framework should I use in terms of what percentage of my budget should I put in the measurable, which is like really mm -hmm. capturing the demand and the unmeasurable, which is like continue to grow awareness of my market of my products. I, I want to come into the first question with a blazing hot take. And my blazing hot take here is, let's look at the Airbnb situation. Brian Chesky, who is the CEO of Airbnb, he's a designer by trade. He believes in design, aesthetic, brand. He is much more emotional than rational. I'm sure he's come to balance that as a CEO, right? But what they've done is normally when you go all in on a tactic or a strategy, it's because you have people who are really great at that thing and passion and bias for that thing. And that's what Airbnb has done here. Airbnb went all in a brand because their founder and their marketing leaders are great at brand. And like, that's a smart thing to do. You should go all in on the thing that you have the unfair advantage of expertise and passion around. I think we wouldn't even be talking about this if the founders and the marketing leaders were big demand gen people because they would just have gone big into demand gen, right? Like I fundamentally think the people dictate the strategy and in most situations, multiple strategies work. There's not just one perfect strategy, right? Instead, the bias and the skills of the people actually dictate that strategy. Do you agree with me or not, Karen? I think the founder likely has... That's a no. That's a no. Come on. So I'll tell you what. I don't agree because it doesn't really matter what the founder's biases are because for a brand like Airbnb, they can find someone really great at paid marketing. Like they don't... He doesn't need to be great at paid marketing or care about paid marketing. Yeah, for but Airbnb he's not out there looking for somebody who's going to be great at paid marketing. He's out there looking for people who are great at brand because that's what his bias is. I think where founders' biases are is where they have most opinions and that can make that the most hardest part of marketing to do. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? Like they have really strong opinions. I don't know. I, I don't think paid marketing is like a mystery <laughs> these days, right? <laughs> like performance marketing is not really a mystery. You kind of just as a company know that I need to have some sort of go to market and performance marketing. I need to have someone great to run that. I think Airbnb, 
I think they got your circles mixed up. Ooh. I don't think they used it for market capture so much as they used it for awareness of their product. Yeah, because you're making my point because they're biased towards awareness. They're biased towards brand. And they eventually got the right channels and messaging to get that. But that's where their bias is. Okay, that's so right. They were never going to be great at performance marketing, right? Because their bias is towards use it for web traffic, like measure this on web traffic yes. versus yes. the amount of dollars I get back from booked we're speculating, but I think that could be a thing that happened. Going by their press releases where they said, hey, like we turned this off and it didn't even affect our web traffic. <laughs> like I, I wouldn't have said that. I said, we turned this off and it didn't even affect like the amount of revenue we got from paid marketing because I should have been measuring the amount of like book revenue that came yeah. from paid ads. Also sidebar, can you imagine ever doing a press release on something that's like, oh, we stopped this and we were so, so terrible at it it didn't have any yeah, impact. Yeah. Like we were such idiots. We did it for so long. It had no benefit. And so when we stopped, we were so bad at it. Like, and this is a, a hyperbole, of course, but like, I just can't imagine that. How do you even get in that situation? Large budgets. I think a lot of these companies have so much money that they don't have the correct diligence around how they measure the return on that money. I bet you it happens a lot in those large companies. But it, again, it's pretty like rudimentary. The only thing I really question is like, it's pretty standard, like return on ad spend. Like what is the dollars I get back for these dollars I put in? So their notes don't make sense to me because if they saw no impact from switching it off, it means they were making no revenue in the first place <laughs> right. or they were making very little revenue. But you would have known that anyway, because you would have looked at it and you would say, wow, paid is like 1% of our overall revenue. And it's like a one-to-one -one in terms of ROAS. So overall, I don't think this is like that big of a story in terms of the amount of attention I think it gets. I think Airbnb weren't really using paid in the correct way. Brand is a better fit for them. Everyone knows who Airbnb is and actually their brand is much more geared towards hosts. That's where they need to get much more supply on the market. But how should a marketing leader who's trying to figure out, okay, like what money goes where? Let's say you had $10 million. Yeah. How do you delineate between measurable versus unmeasurable? So let's think about this. I think that the unmeasurable versus measurable is, is like not the right construct. Everything is measurable. It's just some things are way easier and clearer to measure than others, right? Directly tied to revenue or indirectly tied to revenue. Yes, that's a much more fair construct of like how you look at this. So there's two things here. I go back to my original statement earlier in the show around, are you trying to capture demand or are you trying to create demand? And that should guide your strategy first and foremost. And then, so let's say, let's use the, you are trying to create demand. So let's say you're a business, you're a startup, you've got a new category, you've got a new way of doing something that people aren't aware of. How do you actually create that demand and have them come in? And what you would say here is, if you're in a create demand situation, you are doing a higher percentage of indirectly accountable to revenue marketing strategies, right? You're probably doing some brand marketing, maybe some experiential marketing, some product marketing, right? To do all of that. But the flip side there is, as you create that demand from your brand work, you still have to capture it, right? You have to capture the, the stuff that's coming in. So you're still doing search ads and Facebook ads and organic search and all of those things, but your proportion is different, right? So if you're in, in that situation, you're probably spending, you know, 60 to 70% of that $10 million on creating demand. And then you're probably spending the other 30% on capturing demand. Right. That's, that's how I think about it. How do you think about it? I actually got asked this question recently and I was trying to think of a really great 
framework because let me give you a scenario on that $10 million. Please, please. I was trying to think about like how much is there to capture? There's existing demand, whether that is on these pay platforms, whether that is in Google search, like I can actually get a number in the amount of demand that I can capture through these like performance marketing channels. Now let's imagine I had $10 million and I could see a way to spend $10 million in the capture bucket. Like across pay, yeah. there's enough demand. Across search, there's enough demand. And so there's ways for me to spend $10 million on the things that directly correlate or directly are tied to revenue. Would you do that? Or you're like, even if you can spend 100% of your marketing budget and directly tie it back to revenue, you still need to have a percentage where you're growing the mindshare of your brand and your products because you'll exhaust that demand at some point and you haven't taken any amount of that money to like grow the market. Bingo. Bingo, right? Like the one things we haven't talked about today or that much on the show yet, actually, which is something that you and I talk about all the time, actually, in our kind of back channel conversations about business growth is the time to value and long-term investments versus short-term investments, right? Yeah. Like if you're thinking about a framework for investing, it's like, it is probably long-term return versus short-term return on one axis. And the other axis is probably something like how durable or saturated the strategy is, right? Because mm. for example, let's say you have organic search, which is a long-term strategy and low saturation because you're just getting started. Wow, like you should do that because there's huge upside to build your business, but you can't do solely that because you wouldn't have enough short-term revenue to actually grow. Right. And so you have to balance across those quadrants what strategies you have in place. It's not a all or nothing thing. So what you would, I think, say here, Kieran, is like, oh, I could spend all of my $10 million on like search ads, for example. But how much of it do I need to spend to hit my revenue targets? Probably not 100 percent, probably like 60 percent, 70 percent, something like that. And then you would say, great, I want to spend the remainder of that money building longer term longer time horizon, but higher durability. They're going to last longer because what happens in paid advertising, just so everybody watching understands, is you spend, you spend, you spend, and you eventually get so saturated that your economics break and get way more expensive and you hit this kind of growth ceiling. And if you don't have other channels to diversify from, then you're stuck. And that is a bad, bad place to be. And that's what causes so many companies to die. And so having that kind of balance of short-term and long-term focus, I think is what's key here. Yeah, that's the answer I give, which is how much revenue is marketing accountable to? Yeah. And you spend the amount of money to make sure you hit your revenue plan. And then you have some amount that's left over that you can start to spend on growing the market because you fundamentally have to pitch a budget that helps you to hit that revenue plan, but then you need some amount of money that you can spend. But should you spend on brand? Can you anchor it to something like percentage of overall company revenue? I was trying to get someone an answer for what is the percentage you should be spending on growing the brand? Well, when you think about investing in your brand, you want to think about what is the core thing that you are trying to achieve? It's not always just awareness or even awareness of your company. It could be awareness of the category. It could be awareness of a certain value proposition of the product. There is a a whole host of things. And so to determine that, you want to say, oh, what is the core goal I'm solving for? So, uh, you know, at HubSpot, we are solving for awareness of HubSpot as a CRM platform with buyers at companies between 200 and 2,000 employees, for example. And I want to track that. And then based on that group, you go do a little research and say, well, what's the population? What would I need to spend 
to like reach a meaningful part of that population. And that actually gives you a much better anchor for what you should invest versus like, well, I'm going to invest 2% of revenue in brands and uh, and we're going to figure it out. Right. You know, like I think you need to back into it from the perception shift you want to change in the mindset of the people that are buying your product or service. Yeah, very cool. All right, Kieran, if you could stay, we're talking about Airbnb. We have to, we have to talk about this, right? If you could stay at an Airbnb anywhere in the world, where would you go? Oh, that is a good one. I think I would stay somewhere on the beach in Hawaii. Ooh, okay. Beach in Hawaii. I thought a little bit about this. I think number one for me, I really want to go to Kyoto, Japan. Oh, I've yeah. gone to Tokyo, but yeah. I've not been to Kyoto. And I would like to go there during Cherry Blossom. But there are these cool style of homes in Kyoto. They're like kind of cabins. But all of the rooms are kind of off this one floor. But in the middle of the home, it's kind of like a sunken fireplace. And the heat from the fireplace goes out to all the different rooms. And I would love to stay in like that type of house in Kyoto. That would definitely be my my top Airbnb pick. Dope. I'm going to go look at one of those homes. It's sick, dude. Check it out on Airbnb. Just so everybody watching understands, Kieran loves the movie Couples Retreat that is set in Hawaii. <laughs> so he just wants to go and like live his version of Couples Retreat. Yeah, I love that. That I, It was one of those weird when I was not feeling well, that movie came on and I watched it. I just really enjoyed it. I was like, everything about where they were is just paradise. Yeah, because you've never been to Hawaii, right? I've never been. I meant to go the year of COVID, the first year. All right. We got to get you to Hawaii in the next year or so. All right. So what is your parting advice, Kieran, for marketers, business leaders out there who are looking at this Airbnb story and being like, do I need to invest more in brand than I do right now? Which is probably the most likely question they're asking. Yeah, I think we give them the frameworks. I think you have to think about the things you need to do to capture demand and create demand. In the capture demand bucket, it's really how much I need to spend in there to hit the revenue targets and marketing are accountable to. And then in the create demand, there has to be always a portion of your budget, time and effort into creating the market because at some point you saturate the capture market. And if you're not growing within that space and hopefully you're part of a growing category because that does make things much easier, everything will just start to slow down. And I think the Airbnb story is cool for Airbnb, but it, I don't think it has much relevance. I agree. Everyone's situation, story, and strategy is very different. When I read through it, I was like, that is very re- little relevance to anyone else. <laughs> you know, it's good podcast fodder. It's good for us to talk about. But I think what we were able to do is, again, go over the frameworks for everybody. And my last piece of advice here is understand your bias. You know, you've got people who are running your business and they have certain skills. And to try to invest opposite of where those skills are, you're going to increase your likelihood to fail significantly. And so it's like, if you've got great brand skills in your company, you should probably be doing more brand marketing. If you have great direct response skills, you should probably be doing more great direct response. Like do the frameworks, everything else, but like also assess the skills you have and lean into the strengths that you have as a team. Like that is something we don't talk about enough that if you've got really good strengths, it can cover up for a whole host of other issues or problems. Cool. All right. Kieran's going to go stay in Hawaii at an Airbnb. I'm going to stay in Kyoto. I'll do a live video. (laughs) Yeah. He's going to nail it. And I hope that everybody has a great week. And until next time, this has been Marketing Against the Grain. 